here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Landmark 50th episode uh, of the, the Brit Rest Roundtable. It's going to be very underwhelming because we've only got a bit of a mini episode planned today. We just wanted to uh, keep to the schedule. But uh, at the moment, Arn isn't. Um, well, Arn's just got back from wherever he was. I forget where it was. Philippines, I believe. Philippines, right. Um, where he was uh, relying on a generator, so uh, his wrestling watching was vastly reduced, um, and he's still uh, catching up at the moment, and most of that's focused on the, the G1, um, so he's not, at the moment, caught up on um, British wrestling, so you're stuck with me for another week or two. Um, <laughs> Rob and Ollie, the anti-draws. In- indeed, indeed. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> if you've got to this point, we've already got your download numbers, so yeah, free- feel free to, to get out of here. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna... <laughs> Stay uh, up the takes. Take yeah. Take a break. Yeah, we're talking about Sakamoto uh, Keith Lee today, uh, which we were both at two days ago at time of recording. Um, so Saturday the 22nd for XWA. Uh, and then we're going to give some uh, some lip service to OTT's second big national stadium show, um, their Dublin WrestleRama show that's happening. Uh, would hell if I had a date for that. That's happening on August 5th. So uh, we, we won't have a, another show before that that isn't the draft. So we'll uh, do a bit of a preview for that now. Mm. But the a, draft a is show. very exciting. So <laughs> Indeed. it's definitely a highlight of our schedule. For us at least. Um, you, you'll have to let us know uh, how, how much you enjoy it once once we do it. But uh, we enjoy doing it a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we'll get straight into XWA. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't break it down match by match, but uh, overall, uh, I really enjoyed this show a lot more than I was expecting. I came in thinking it would be a total one-match show. Uh, I'd never been to an XWA show, never even been to a, a show at the Resistance Gallery. Um, but uh, I thought, top to bottom, it was really, really entertaining. First two matches weren't anything special, but they, they all had their their um their positives um, and they were very much trainee matches 
Uh, and then after that, I thought the, the quality was really high. Yeah, definitely. Like, it was certainly kind of a mixed bag of a show. Um, like, he, there were some very good bits, obviously, Sekimoto <laughs> Keithley being the highlight, and some rather annoying bits, which I guess we'll get to as we do, like, a brief overview of the full show. Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked the way they set it up. There was a lot of stuff that you would not see on any other BritRest show, and it certainly made for a unique environment, and then, obviously, the main feature match really, really delivered. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think what you're referring to there was them. Um, so they start the show off with um, the London Lucha League tribute match, uh, and one of their gimmicks for their shows is that they have... Um, commentary over the the live mic uh so everyone live can hear it uh it was really bad um and then after their their tribute match um which was like the the opener um for the second match they stuck around because it had one of their guys in it and then after that they kind of appealed to the crowd and said do you want us to stay on and there was like two people cheered yes and then they said and you, who wants us not to stay on? And everyone was kind of like, oh, yes, but we're too polite to chance you to go away. <laughs> um, but you could see too it. Too polite the... for British. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but you could see it in the promoter's eyes. Um, Dan Reed, I think it is. Um, he was kind of like, no, please go away. Uh, <laughs> we don't want you commentating on the, the whole rest of the show because uh, you're really, really bad. Uh, and that's... <laughs> That's kind of fine for. I mean, the I enjoyed it. Yeah. Lucha League. I enjoyed it for like the opening match because it was like <clears> just a, a bullshit comedy match. Um, I enjoyed the Road Fam the first time I've seen the Man Dem in action. Um, Probably throwing his chips around. I did. That's got that's got potential. That gimmick, <laughs> <laughs> just a a waste man chip shop gimmick. Yeah, but, but yeah, um, the, the commentary can can go do one after that one. <laughs> like it, commentating over Matt Riddle is just yeah, and that, that was a really good, good match too. Like um, I wasn't expecting much out of um, Simon Grimm, formerly Simon Gotch versus Matt Riddle, but uh, I really enjoyed that, and um, I'm, I've come away from that show far more positive on um, on a Simon Grimm indie run than I, I mm. was going in for sure. Yeah, a lot was made about Simon Gotch being one of like the two big ticket imports, not Sekimo- not named Sekimoto, um, and everyone was kind of making fun of the show for paying forty pounds to see Bull Dempsey and Simon Gotch. Uh, but certainly, uh, Gotch slash Grim comes away from the show looking a bit better than he did before. Obviously, he, like I think the the low point of the show was when he like slipped on the apron, and I was like, oh my god, he's gonna be shit. But then he, he had a very good match with Riddle, and I think Riddle did most of the heavy lifting in it, but, I mean, he certainly was keeping up. Uh, so he's got a unique look. He's got the WWE pedigree, which will get him some bookings. Now he just needs to deliver a few more good matches, and he should be well set. And that was his second match on the Indies um, after um, his release. Um, so he's just served, finished serving out his 90 days. Um which makes it sound like a prison sentence. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, 90 days, no compete. Um, and he is... So like, it, it would make sense that after not wrestling for 90 days, he he wouldn't... He, he's perhaps not firing on all cylinders quite yet and that he, he's going to improve. So I think that was... If that's like his base level and he's going to improve from there, then uh, 
I'm I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing more of him. And uh, he seemed very motivated, which is the main thing you, you want to look out for. In the guys yeah, definitely. First. And like afterwards in Ibushi Alleyway, uh, he was talking to you and other Britress guys, um, and like seemed seemed particularly interested in the fans, which is the good attitude you want to have on the Indies, not the Ryback attitude. Yeah, yeah, really personable, really, really friendly. Um, just seemed like a a good guy. I know he's got the um, the allegations of of racism, which, if true, obviously, <laughs> not the best guy. Um, but uh, from just talking to him, it, it, one of those things where like it makes you question the rumors more because he did seem so nice, so genuine. You'd be kind of shocked to to see him. Uh, be racist, I guess. But um, yeah. So hopefully he wasn't, because uh, <laughs> my new best friend now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So after that, we had some weird, like haze of matches. We had a, a triple threat with El Fantasmo, Doug Williams, and uh, Kyle O'Reilly's uh, best friend. <laughs> yeah, Kyle O'Reilly's best friend. Um, uh, Kip El Sabian Fantasmo in there as well. Introduced himself, and yep, Kip Sabian. That was another pretty good match. Then we had a, uh, what was it, Jody? I think I missed out. Jody Fleisch versus Johnny Storm. Yeah, yeah. That was their standard good match. That you know you kind of go. There's one or two things where you're like, you're still doing that ten years later, and you just can't really do it as well. But in general, it's pretty good. But um, bit of a scare at the end where Jody Fleisch looked like he was hurt. Uh, but he was out smoking in the alley later, so we we presume he was fine, thankfully. Then you got a really weird match that started off as Cara Noir versus uh, Mark Haskins, and then Lion Kids and Primera Leone ended yes. up coming out, making it a tag match. That was. I mean, this this was kind of tonally all over the place. What with Lion Kid acting like a ten-year-old moments after. Uh, like using c words and stuff throwing around um it, it, <laughs> i don't really know what they were going for in like the build up to this match um but in the fun, end though. the match turned out really really good yeah it was is the t- so lion kid i think plays that gimmick straight on like holiday camps like being yeah, a 10 yeah. year old but it it came off more like far more tongue in cheek here um, which I think was definitely the right way to go if you're going to be doing it in front of a, a crowd that's predominantly come to see Keith Lee Sakamoto. You can't do like a, a 10-year-old um, gimmick straight. But yeah, doing it tongue-in-cheek, um, in general, the crowd had a lot of fun with it, and it was a surprisingly good match. I went in thinking, well, Lion Kid's quite a bad wrestler, but he kind of impressed me here, which is the first time I can ever say that. <laughs> yeah, it... it... It felt like the longest match in wrestling history, but they got there in the end. And yeah, I thought this was probably the second best match, like straight wrestling match on the show. Obviously, the main event was just a, uh, not even um, like I don't even know what to call it, but I thoroughly enjoyed it for most of it <laughs> until it joined on a bit, um, which we'll get to. But yeah, this was a very decent match to add, obviously, to the next match we're going to talk about, Keith Lee Sakamoto, and oh, what a match! Hell of a match, hell of a match. Like, um, two, it's exactly what you think it would be in all the good ways. Uh, it's two massive guys 
full of charisma, full of presence, just like running at each other, hitting each other super hard, chopping each other. The you know everyone in the the uh, the venue was just wincing. It was horrible, horrible chops, but like great at the same time. Also, it was excellent to be right up close to the ring for this one. Um, like I do like that intimacy, especially for guys like you say who have such a presence and such big men as well. You get to really see the size up close and personal. And it just feels a lot more impactful. So uh, props to the venue uh, for being able to be so close to the ring. Yeah, I really like that venue. I think we kind of got lucky in that it was not one of the hotter days of the summer. Yeah, definitely. Because by by most reports, like when it when it does get hot, that that venue turns into like a death trap, basically. Uh, I think some guy had a heart attack uh, on the last Eve show or something. So maybe literally a death trap. Um, but uh, yeah, we got a one of the colder days, and it was re- a really fun venue, really nice, um, intimate, but not kind of cramped, but enough room to like maneuver around, and also enough of like a structure to it that it's not just like a really small like box. It, it the acoustics were good too, I guess. But yeah, going going back to the match, it was. One of the best matches you're going to see in the UK, or to be honest, anywhere uh, in the world this year, held in front of like 120-ish people, I think. <laughs> um, just Sekimoto was on full effort mode. Sometimes you oh, get yeah. the guys coming in from Japan and they, they kind of... Like, I feel if you'd have got like Goto coming over and in the, in 120-seater, he'd have been like, well, no, I'm... Not working hard. Just gonna here. dog it, yeah. <laughs> um, which he kind of did in the York Hall because he was placed in a bit of a mid card match. Yeah, he was fine, but you know, you. Yeah, Sakamoto a... was like full on screaming here. Like you could feel <laughs> the intensity just emanating off of him. Keith Lee was well, well up for it. Um, <laughs> and that just made the match so much better. They were perfectly content just slamming each other on their heads. Slapping the shit out of each other, and obviously the finish is probably my favourite bit of the match because we got to see a bloody burning hammer. Well, you did. <laughs> yeah, Rob. Yeah, I guess you want to tell the story. Uh, yeah, I, I came out of the the uh, show ranting to to Ollie a little um, because uh, some like whole whole match. Like I'm I'm not the tallest guy. I'm five six, five seven on a good day maybe. Um, the whole match, I've, I've got myself a decent view, um, but I'm also closest to the bar. So there are guys walking in front of me now and again, which is fine, whatever. Um, so right as the match is coming to its conclusion, I see Sekimoto get him up in the torture rack. Uh, some guy walk, starts walking in front of me, which is fine. You know, it doesn't take long for someone to walk past, but he he steps in front of me, walking back from the bar. And then turns to the ring and stops for about <laughs> 10 seconds. Um, he's like 6'2 or whatever, so I've got no hope in hell of seeing round him. Uh, he waits, sees the end of the match, and then moves on again. Um, so I completely missed the Burning Hammer, I think, um, as I was walking back from the venue to the train station with Ollie and uh, Alan Forel. Uh, I-, I had to actually ask them, what what was the finish? Uh, and they were like, oh, Burning Hammer, you didn't miss much. Like, but. Ah, oh, I miss Sakamoto hitting a burning hammer on Keith Lee. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I guess I'll eventually sit in gift form or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get the gift. 
Uh, but yeah, just like a special match to see live, special to see Sakamoto, especially since uh, he probably won't be turning up in WXW anytime soon. This was like the one chance to see him, and he absolutely delivered. Uh, it's great to see a guy like that so, so motivated for a, like a, a little show um, to go out there and like do the full Sakamoto shtick at like full, full force, full throttle. That, that was really awesome. How damn charismatic is Keith Lee, though? Like, oh. this is... Every single match I see him, like, the the way he can just, like... The way he can just speak to the crowd mm-hmm. is just such a star aura. And I, I guess that's not something that would necessarily translate to, like, a WWE or something when you... You know, it's not going to translate to a big arena because not everyone can hear what you're saying. Yeah. But for an indie, um, the way he just, like just adds these little things to a, to a match and sometimes when, when wrestlers do that it comes across as like corny or small scale but when Keith, Keith does it he just like yeah, adds these he's... little annotations to the match and they're so perfect so just makes you go yes what a cool guy I want to root <laughs> for him <laughs> yeah he's built that kind of um, character where he can like just add a little quip into the match and it's not corny at all like that is him like the whole bask in my glory stuff like he does chat shit I guess uh, to his opponent and has like that immense confidence so it feels natural when he's like oh my god your chops hurt so much or whatever <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just it, kind of like TV show-esque like half turn to the camera and like wince after a chop and, like, and he's just turning to the crowd and like giving them the eyes going like just like going yeah that that really hurt that didn't just pretend to hurt that really really hurt mm. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's brilliant it's brilliant stuff Another thing I did like, kind of on that tone, because um, the wrestlers were kind of who weren't wrestling were up on the balcony, like above the ring. Um, so Matt Riddle just kept like leaning over and like adding little bits in <laughs> to, to matches. Yeah, like, he, like he tried to high five someone. I seem to, I can't remember who, but <laughs> yeah, classic Riddle. Yeah, he he seemed to have a, a whale of a time there as well. So yeah, that match is. I think it's eventually going to go up on Eve on Demand, so that might be worth um, subbing to to that, just just for that match. And you know, I'm sure they've got some some good stuff there. I'm not overly familiar with a lot of the work, but looking at the talent they've got, there's there's probably some other great stuff there too. Um, and then we had the main event, um, which started off as a tea party. Um, Gideon Gray coming out to the Inhuman League. Um, working as a waitress in a cocktail bar, where <laughs> every single line. Every... <laughs> I have been listening to that ever yeah. since. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. Um, it's just been on a loop basically for me. Um, <laughs> bringing back like, uh, what was it? Probably 2014 memories when that was a thing. Gideon bringing it back. Um, uh, he was in there with Havoc. And then eventually, Bull Dempsey, Bull James, um, who uh, at one point it seemed like, because originally the match was going to be um, Gideon Gray versus uh, Jimmy Havoc in a in a death match. Um, so we got to the main event, and it was like, well, <laughs> Bull hasn't had a match yet. Um, have they forgotten about Bull? Fingers crossed. Hopefully they have, and we're not going to have to see him wrestle. Uh, he did eventually come out, and it ended up being kind of a, a four-way, kind of a four-way, kind of a tag 
uh, death match. Just really a, a massive mess um, that all started after Paul James put milk in before the tea in his cup of tea. Uh, yeah, which, and which was... made Jimmy Havoc flip out. And then, yeah, kind of a four-way uh, with Martina in there as well. And yeah. this was at its best when it was just the tea party and it was just a skit. <laughs> I think once they actually started wrestling, they kind of ran out of ideas quickly and kind of not overstayed their welcome, but just kind of petered towards the end. But yeah, like this was a very funny way to end it and just kind of cleanse your palate after the big match. Yeah, the the match peaked before the match actually started. The match was peaked when Jimmy flipped the table. Um, although it did have uh, quite a unique finish in that uh, Gideon Gray was waterboarded um, <laughs> until he submitted. Um, haven't Beautiful. seen that before. No. Sakamoto must have been uh, really at home seeing that, going, "Yeah, I can." Yeah, uh, this is Sakamoto bring that back to my uh, my uh, deathmatch comrades in uh, <laughs> in Big Japan. Give them a new idea. You will see the the waterboard deathmatch in uh, in a week or two in uh, New J- uh, in Big Japan probably. Um, yeah, it was. It was kind of the right move in that like nothing was going to top. Sekimoto and um, Keith Lee, so it would have kind of almost been wrong to try and put um, a big death match on after it. Um, yeah. And at the same time, it also meant we didn't have to see like Bull James and just a, a straight up match, <laughs> uh, which was another plus. Yeah. I I did like that he sort of like towards the finish of this match, he was just kind of in the ring for like five minutes, not moving like he was just selling in the ring kind of taking up space it, he looked very out of place he <laughs> so he hasn't 90% changed a lot of this match sat on a chair yeah in i i did it like that whenever he applied a move he was like <laughs> he moved the chair to sit down on it oh my goodness what a worker <laughs> true workers never stand um, uh, what a man what a man um so yeah overall really really fun show um you ended up getting work for it and paying 40 quid for it. Um, mm-hmm. The ticket sales I were mark. brilliant. Although, I, I have heard you've got a... Because you paid £40, you've got an offer. Um, for the next time Bull James is over here, uh, you can get <laughs> half price yeah, on, yeah. on an XWA ticket. So I'm well, sure presumably that will be for the next uh, Japan exclusive. Um, but going off the, the rumours, the, the man coming over isn't... Uh, a guy I like too much, which would probably be a bit controversial since I love Sakamoto. But um, right, so I I guess that's that's kind of that that show done. Yeah. Uh, fun show. Uh, we both really enjoyed it. I think both of us kind of came out pleasantly surprised by how good it was as a show, as opposed to we went in expecting it to be amazing in that it would have had Sakamoto and Keith Lee have a match, and it was amazing for that reason. Mm-hmm. But it was also backed up by by some a strong undercard. Yeah, it was a good, like, variety show feel. Like, you didn't feel bad, like, chatting shit during some of the matches because they were sort of designed to do that and take the piss out of. But yeah, like, it was a lot of fun. Uh, be there with your mates, hang out, and then watch an incredible match. Yeah, um, I'd be well up for, for going to another XWA show at some point, depending on who the, the big talent <laughs> is and the ticket price. Yeah, I think £40 was a bit optimistic. Um, I can understand why they did it, uh, in that, you know, it is a small venue and, you know, the, so the capacity is small, so they thought, 
Well, as opposed to like doing a York Hall where you're paying a lot for the venue, but you can get a lot of people in there, but you have to bring in a good amount of a really high amount of talent uh, to bring all the people in there. Here they they did a smaller venue. I think that there was about 120 people there in the end. They could have probably fitted another 20 or so in. It was pretty packed, but you know, they, it wasn't too far away from capacity. Um, so then maybe they thought, well, we've got a smaller venue, but we've got a high amount of talent. So if we can, we could easily pack it out for at regular £20 ticket prices. We'll do, double the ticket price and hopefully get almost as many people in there and get, you know, cover the, the cost of, because obviously flights from Japan aren't cheap, flights from America aren't cheap. I can't imagine uh, Riddle's booking fee is too cheap or um, Sekimoto's or Keith Lee's for that matter. Um, but yeah, £40 for a ticket when at first the show did look a bit like a, a one-match card uh, was a bit steep and uh, that, that proved to be the case when uh, they didn't sell many tickets so they in the end lowered the price down to £20. £20. Um, be interesting to see what they do for the next show whether they maybe started at like 30 or something and see how they go from there but uh, they're, they're, I can't imagine they'll be 40 again because they're going to have trouble um, booking a more appealing match than Keith Lee Sakamoto. Um, I guess OTT moving on to now. Yep. Uh, WrestleRama, the probably one of their biggest shows yet in the National Stadium in Dublin. Uh, and that is coming up. Uh, don't have the date on me right now. August fifth. August the fifth. <laughs> and they've got like a packed card going on here, proper like super indie stuff they're going for. Um I don't uh, think, I think this will end up being their most attended show of all time. Uh I think that will um Scrapamania will still hold that title. Yeah, yeah. But this Scrapamania probably... was probably a bit bigger, but this is sort of like their dominion to that Wrestle Kingdom, if that makes any sense. Um I think this might be their like their highest gate in that I know mm. that they've put the, the ticket prices up quite a lot. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's been controversy over the tickets recently. Yeah, uh, so maybe they won't quite sell out like they did for um, Scrapamania. In fact, I don't expect them to sell out, but they'll, they'll probably take in more money. So, you know. Um, but yeah, we've got an eight-match card at the moment, and it's pretty strong, albeit a little bit lacking in Irish talent, perhaps. Um, yeah, I, I think that is one thing OTT have gotten better with recent months, um, is that they have brought in more Irish talent, like 2 Unlimited, who it's odd that they weren't using before, um, but also guys like Justin Shaper getting better and like becoming more part of the show. That's certainly something I've noticed, but yeah, this one they've kind of gone completely super indie on, which may or may not suit your preferences. Yeah, I'm fine with it because I don't really care about the where a talent is from, but I do like like a talent to have a history with the promotion if they're oh, going to yeah, be definitely. put in a big spot. And a lot of these guys do. Like they they built up Haskins in OTT well, so I have no problem with him being in the main event. Smile, he's not Irish, but his most high profile spots uh, are in OTT. You could perhaps make the argument for Red Pro, but no, they're in OTT. Mm. Um, Skrull has a big history with o uh, OTT as well, so it's not like 
It's not like they're just flying three random guys in who they don't use regularly uh, and putting them in the main event. These are all three guys who have been built up well. They just all happen to be English. Yeah, they've certainly been building up Haskinson Skull with wins on the recent shows. And obviously Smile is like uh, a long-time guy for them. Recently became a champion. And uh, I'm guessing it's probably going to lose at her <laughs> after all his recent uh, run-ins with Twitter. Um, maybe. Um, who would you think he loses it to, though? Like, Skrull um, is always going to have other commitments, so I'm not yeah. sure they'd want to put the title on him. Um, Haskins would perhaps make sense, but he doesn't quite have the, the history of OTT of the other two, but perhaps they want him to. So putting the title on him would be a good way to kind of. He's certainly been having good matches on their recent shows. Uh, a match with Mark Andrews, I think, maybe back in like April or something, was really, really good. Probably their best match this year so far. Although Moose versus Jordan Devlin was also really awesome. <laughs> it it's not like a clear cut match where you feel like there's there's a definite title change coming, but as you said, it's a big show, big main event, and they might want a title change. Um, but at the same time, Smile in OTT, he's he's kind of seamlessly transitioned to a heel champion um, with no, like, big turn or anything. Yeah. Um, it's just the fans kind of turned on him, so he changed his attitude, um, and now he's... Him winning here, when the fans in, in live attendance are perhaps, like, expecting a title change and wanting a title change and not not minding who it goes to as long as it's Haskins or Skrull. Um, him, like, retaining hair and deflating the fans and being like, oh, he's still got the belt, would perhaps add even more into that character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a match I'm looking forward to. Uh, there's a lot of talent in that match. I would have probably preferred a straight-up uh, one-on-one match, but um, Haskins yeah, is very good at triple no good for me. <laughs> Both Skrull and Haskins are very good at triple threats. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, a skill that not not even every very good wrestler has the skills to do a good triple threat. But uh, Skrull and Haskins are, are both very strong at them. Uh, I can't recall if I've ever seen Smile in a triple threat, but um, he's in there with, with two good hands uh, with Haskins and Skrull there. Uh, so it should be a good match. Um, then underneath that, we've got... The uh, well, I guess it will probably be the semi-main event in Katie Harvey versus Martina for the OTT Women's Championship. Um, they've put some good build into this. Uh, they're not two women; they're, they're they're two solid wrestlers, but neither of them do I like see them in a match and go, "Well, that's definitely going to be great." Yeah, if they're I mean, in Martina's there with a great character and she's doing good stuff, but yeah, <laughs> in the actual matches, and I feel like this is like being built up to be a serious match. I'm no idea, but maybe she'll deliver something. Yeah, Martina's definitely very much improved over the the last year or so uh, in terms of like her pure in ring, but she's she's still at the point where like if she's gonna have a great match, she's gonna be need to be in there with someone great, and I'm not sure Katie Harvey is that either. But that said, Martina is super super over in OTT, so she's gonna have that going for her. Um, I imagine she's probably winning the title here. Mm. Um, so that, at the very least, is going to be a, a big moment. Um, and if they do have Smile retain, they might want to have Martina uh, win the belt here 
just so like the the fans have the well at least we did get one big babyface title win moment yeah, on the big show. Um, another match that could perhaps be um, the semi-main uh, British Strong Style taking on War Machine and Jeff Cobb. Um, British Strong Style have kind of been doing a, a a series of matches in OTT against various trios, uh, and while some of them have been really really good. Some of them have perhaps been, like, overly comedy. And, like, I know a lot of people really enjoy them, but they haven't done a, a huge amount yeah. for me. Well, you're like, not a fan of the, um, the, the Angel, Angel Cruise, Cruise match. Be Cool and, well, Tyler Bates. Um, yeah. I, no, I was a big fan of that one. I really enjoyed that. That was that was good, but I thought that was kind of, like, the peak of what that was. Yeah. Whereas... To be fair, it's probably less OTT and more in other places where they've just been having like the pure comedy um, six mans, and I've kind of got bored of them. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, uh, like some of the stuff in like uh, Fight Club Pro and Progress has kind of blended together, and like I get that they're not strictly comedy matches, but um, like they do lace humor in there, and it's just kind of does feel very tired right now and this match might be very similar to that looking at their opponents there's a hope that they will go down a more serious route you know like war machine and jeff Cobb aren't three guys who you naturally associate with comedy um so and if they do play it serious there's a hell of a lot of talent in that match could be very very good um but uh british strong style six man haven't really been doing it for me big time um, for for quite a while, really. But uh, it it could be great, but my my expectations probably aren't as high as they would have been if I'd have seen this match on paper yeah, maybe six months that. ago. Um, a six man I am really really looking forward to though uh, is the Kings of the North versus uh, the CCK trio, uh, mm-hmm. Travis Banks, uh, Chris Brooks, and and Kid Lycos. Um, I am all in on Kings of the North. Um, I think they are tremendous, tremendous tag team, uh, and trio as well. When you throw in D- Duncan Disorderly, although he could probably do with a, a, a new name, so you could take him a little more seriously. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they've been the best part of OTT for quite a while now. Um, they consistently deliver. They're, they're different. They're not a team you're seeing all the time on the rest of the the UK indies. Well, not the rest, because Ireland's not the UK, but you know what I mean. Uh, the rest of European Indies, I think they're a, a tremendous team who don't get anywhere near enough hype. Um, and I think when they do start breaking out, they're going to break out big time. So, um, and I think CCK as a trio are a, a great um, a great foil for them. Uh, CCK will be playing face here, I imagine. And um, yeah, this this should just be another tremendous match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been presenting Kings of the North really, really well. Um, they they had that amazing entrance at the the last big show they did, um, and they've been having good matches. I don't know if they've been having like as, as good matches as their promos and uh, presentation have been, but like again, like a really strong Irish act for OTT, which you don't see everywhere else. So it does feel very unique. It's a fresh matchup for CCK, and they really need those. Because they've been having a million matches with British Strong Style and they're all blending together and being boring because of that. Um, so they can like properly 
use all their potential against like a fresh new act. Like you say, this could potentially steal the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, another Irish tag team that you kind of mentioned earlier that they started booking, uh, Two Unlimited uh, are going up against Johnny Storm and Jody Fleisch. Um, this match seems a bit random. Um, kind of strange that of all the the UK guys, you're you're flying in Storm and Fleisch in uh, 2017. But uh, yeah, they're they're fine. This would probably be a, a solid three starish match. Storm and Fleisch kind of specialise in that these days. Um, they're they're not quite as young as they once were, but they they still consistently put on good matches. It albeit they're not quite having the reaching the heights that they used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another like match just established to Unlimited in OTT and give them the spotlight. They had a really good match with Extra Talented on one of their recent shows, um, and it's it's just odd that they haven't been booked until now. Like they <laughs> they're either just really bad at like getting bookings or they just don't care as much as other guys do um, but they're here now, seemingly here to stay, and that's a good thing because they're really good mm-hmm. um, Then we've got a, a no rules match um, Jimmy Havoc versus Paul Tracy I have no idea how this will end up being if it goes full death match I'll have no interest in it because I don't like death matches um, but if they stick kind of hardcore uh, it could be good I guess yeah, I'm not sure about this one. Um, I thought like the whole social elite thing was to get Paul Tracy just to be a mouthpiece. Um, so I guess if this is a no DQ match, he'll have copious interference from Gibson and Sterling and whoever else. Um, yeah, this probably just be a trash first. Um, but I, I have no idea what it will look like particularly. Um, then another match that seems kind of out of nowhere and is the kind of match that you, you do get a few complaints for OTT for, for just, like, randomly throwing a match on the, on their big show that has no history with any of the, the talent they have there, uh, Ricochet versus Seidel. Um, it's random, but it will probably be very good. Yeah, it's just, it's just, this feels like the kind of semi-main event, just throw it out, do the flips and stuff. Obviously, these two guys have history together, um, not in OTT. Uh... But yeah, <laughs> it's certainly a match. We'll see what it is like. Yeah, it's a match that like will probably be very good, but at the same time, it it, it does feel very out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Um, and then the final match that we have here is Matt Cross versus Jordan Devlin. Um, Jordan Devlin very much impressed versus Moose. Um, and. This could be another in him in a kind of a series of matches against imports, um, where he hopefully impresses again uh, and maybe yeah. builds himself up a little more. Devlin's kind of um, their hot ticket at the moment. They want to put him in really big matches, um, not really any feuds. Just they want to give him the platform to impress and like show them, show their best Irish wrestler off in the biggest matches. I guess uh, I think. He'll probably become champion soon, but I think they're just like giving him these big matches, like against Mike Bailey and Moose and whoever else, just to like show off, I guess. It's weird in that, like, I feel like about a year ago, Devlin felt like he was right on the verge of like the main event scene in OTT, and then he kind of dropped off again, weirdly around the same time as 
he was like announced for the WWE UK stuff. Mm. Um, it, it is odd how they're booking him, but I think they're just like writing the ship now by just giving him a lot of wins against big names. Yeah, yeah, they, he kind of like dipped off a little, and now they're like pushing him back up there. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened there. Maybe they they just decided we're not quite ready to have you in a main event run yet, and we don't want you in there just for like a one-off shot. We want to keep your eventual title win special and have it on your first shot. So yeah, that makes sense. And he's been having good matches. Um, and I imagine this Matt Cross match will be another good one. Yeah, at least it's a match with purpose, unlike the Sidal Ricochet match. Um, it's not listed here, but I, I kind of have in my head that um, Sterling and Gibson are facing uh, lads from the flats, but I'm yeah. not a hundred percent sure on that. No, that I, might I, be I the Belfast one, show. Yeah. Oh, it might be Belfast, but yeah, um, it's certainly happening that weekend, whether at Dublin or Belfast. I don't know. They do like to have like marathon shows, like eight or nine match shows. So it wouldn't be out of the question for it to be on Dublin. Yeah, it it hasn't helped that the uh, they've used the exact same graphics for both <laughs> the the um the Dublin and the uh, Belfast WrestleRama shows. So it's very hard to like separate the matches out in your head. Uh, but that one might be on here. Um, Lads from the flats are people who get quite a lot of praise, and I never really seem to click yeah, with Mar- me. Yeah, Martina's completely like broken out from that act, and <laughs> without her, it does seem like a bit of a dead act, or just like stuck in early two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, overall, though, pretty pretty good, great card. Um, I think top to bottom, you're going to get a lot of quality there. There's Multiple matches that are, have a chance of like being great. Um, talking about the the main event, British Strong Style Six Man, although that does have a perhaps lower expectations than um, as we mentioned. Uh, CCK versus Kings of the North could easily be amazing, uh, and Sidal Ricochet even without the the history, they they're both tremendous wrestlers. They have it into them to just randomly throw out a great match. Um, and across the board, I think that the standard's going to be pretty high. So, yeah, that should be a really good show for them. Uh, I'll be interested to see just how well they do crowd-wise after the, the ticket increase, uh, ticket price increase. Uh, but from most reports, it seems like they're going to be doing pretty well. It's not going to be like a tiny uh, crowd. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see what kind of house they can pop, I guess. Um, is this the same stadium that they ran... Um, for the April show with the Elite. I'm right in thinking that, right? Yeah, yeah. National Stadium, yeah. Yeah, so I guess they're trying to make this like a home for their big shows like a couple of times a year. Um, and if they could, if this one's a success, they can definitely start run, running that kind of schedule. And it, it, I guess it's a big step forward for them, like doing like a, I think it's like a 2,000-seater. That's a lot more than like anything you can do in England, so. Yeah, they're kind of like uh, pushing it as their kind of a, a similar feel to like the the way red pro has the big york hall shows every now and again yeah. um but obviously it's a, a couple of hundred bigger um i'm as i said i'm not sure they'll sell out this time um because they, they did go deliberately um deliberately cheap on their tickets the first time around just so they could get a sellout now that they know that they've kind of put it to 
prices where they they leave themselves room to grow, I guess. Mm. Well, um, ticket prices are kind of up on or on across the board in Britress. Um, Progress did a a price increase. Fight Club Pro did a price increase after the DTTI. Um, so I think that's just like a a demand thing, I guess. It makes sense when you're selling out all your shows to increase the price. Um, you know that's that's how a business works. If yeah. <laughs> if there's high demand for I mean, something yeah, and low supply, the price goes up. This um, is like the hotbed for indie wrestling right now, so I guess it makes complete sense. Like I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying like it is a thing that is happening like across the board. Yeah, people can complain about it, um, but you you kind of go with the old. If you don't think it's worth that price, then don't pay. And then if not enough yeah. people pay for it, then the price will then drop back down. You know, that's kind of how <laughs> how, how, how a market works. The money works, yeah. Yeah. Um, that probably comes across overly patronising, so I apologise. <laughs> but, you know, that's the economist in me coming out, like... <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think we're we're about wrapped up for this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, apologies for it being a slighter, shorter one this week, or that might be a positive, who knows. Um, we'll be back uh, probably, I think next Monday, um, we'll be dropping the, the the draft episode. We're recording that in a few days, so I really need to start prepping that. Note to self. Yeah, I've got a big list on my phone of wrestler names. Um, no one is allowed to see it. It's it's very top secret, um, but yeah, it it will help me do better than last time. I think that's uh, not the boldest of claims, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. With with an extra person in in there, fourth is a bit more of an achievement this year. Ah. <laughs> um, were you fourth or third? I don't. Remember. I was last year. Alas. Fourth is fourth is a diplomatic way. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone. Um, obligatory voiceofwrestling.com for all your reviews and columns and such uh, from the, around the wrestling world. We're uh, very much G1 centric at the moment. We're, we're still pumping out all the uh, the European reviews. Uh, we managed to get out over 50 in the first half of the year, which I was uh, very happy to to reach that milestone. We're going to be trying to do even more. Uh, in the second half of the year. Um, if you want to s- help support the site, um, you can go to voiceofwrestling.com slash SeatGeek. Uh, if you're buying uh, tickets for an event, you don't pay a penny extra, but uh, we get a little kickback that helps the running of the site. Same with voiceofwrestling.com slash Amazon um, or voiceofwrestling.com slash WWE Shop. Um, that's the, the plugs out of the way, unless you have anything you want to throw out there. Uh, Twitter at another Rolly. Follow me. It's good. And you can follow me at the R Double. That's T H E R D O U B L E. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I think that's about the third time I've said that so far in this <laughs> episode. Um, and goodbye. <laughs>
Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.